Lydia Thorpe, you showed leadership, being a leading figure on implementing an Anzac-style Invasion Day dawn service. Can you take us back to what you were going through and what was happening at the time before the first Anzac-style dawn service, Invasion Mm. Day dawn service? Mm. Well, I've been going to uh, Invasion Day rallies all my life. Getting older, uh, I realised that there were a number of people that were coming to rallies that uh, were having difficulties with the amount of people uh, and just, uh, you know, rallies aren't for everybody. So I wanted to bring to the people another option that started with healing and peace. And I was walking on my country when I found that that idea and, and that feeling and only had a couple of weeks to actually organise the first one. So I would have been happy with having 10 people turn up to the first dawn service on the 26th of January, which uh, William Cooper called for a day of mourning. So it was ultimately about getting back to the truth. Uh, And from that first event or that first dawn service, I think we had around 2,000 people rock up. Uh, So that was an, an amazing start. And the crowds just grew and grew each year and it's now being taken up by local government areas. It is about peace. It is about healing. And, but it's also quite raw to hear about the massacres that have occurred uh, in what is now called Victoria. So people go, go on a bit of a journey with First Peoples uh, reading out these massacre sites so people can understand those areas A lot of people come from those areas and they're horrified to learn that there were massacres, you know, in their own neighbourhoods. So it really opened a space for people to come together and learn of the horrific injustices that continue to occur but also take some of the the pain by standing with us on a on a day that is so painful. I've had feedback from people with disabilities, particularly autism, elderly people who find that the dawn service is what they prefer to do because of, you know, it is a quiet event, very quiet event, even though there's now a lot of people attending. Uh, That's the whole purpose of the event is to create a safe space for everybody, all abilities, and just bring people together for healing and a feed. I remember the event, one of them that I attended, where there was a a recitation of uh, all the massacre sites there. There was actually at a time when um, academics and other researchers were mapping the uh, massacre sites. It was a very, very moving ceremony. What's the importance of having grassroots movements and the local councils now driving the narrative to have a more respectful, more inclusive way of marking January 26? This is exactly what I'm uh, encouraging the country to do, and that is go through a truth-telling journey uh, and a healing journey together from family clan level to local government level. Uh, that's how the reconciliation um, consultation happened. I was a part of that consultation uh, and my mother sat on the Council for Aboriginal Reconciliation. Now, all local governments were a part of 
that reconciliation process back in those days, 23 years ago, in fact. Uh, and so that brought local communities together, including traditional owners. They're the conversations that we need to be having. So the decisions need to come from the bottom up, not the top down. And that's a problem with democracy in this country. Uh, they deny the rights of grassroots where they're the ones that are homeless. They're the ones that are struggling to put food on the table. They're the ones that are dealing with deaths in custody. They're the ones that are dealing with child removal. So the solutions are in the communities themselves. And I think that us having conversations in those communities about 26th of January and the pain that that causes our people is an important conversation to have, but it's got to be respectful and it's got to be in a way where people take something away to reflect on so that we can eradicate the racism that occurs on that day. I think it's a real test for us on that day. It shows exactly where this country is at in terms of race relations. We need to turn that day around to be about uh, exactly what William Cooper called for, and that was a day of mourning. And a day of mourning is about healing, it's about acknowledgement, and it's about coming together to unite us ultimately in a way that we understand each other a whole lot more. And I think that that's what the Dawn Service uh, exemplifies and they're the conversations that will lead us to a peace treaty in this country. You've been at uh, the grassroots level where you're really highly respected and very effective. You've also been, and you are at the highest echelons of power. Why, in your view, are the states or the federal levels lagging behind when it comes to changing and uh, adapting uh, these um, uh, initiatives uh, that are emanating from the grassroots? The colonizer are not ever interested in the solutions from the sovereigns, the, so the real sovereigns of these lands. If they wanted to listen to our solutions, they would have implemented those recommendations 30 two years ago, they would have listened to our people when the frontier wars first came to these shores and that was, you're not welcome here. You have no consent to come to our shore. We have to have a treaty. Please don't kill us. Like It's consecutive governments that are just continuing this oppressive regime which the boat started when Cook arrived. Regardless of when he arrived, he brought a lot of harm. He brought disease. He brought guns. He hurt my people. He massacred my people. And even the bureaucracy that I have to deal with since I have been a politician, they're not interested in solutions. I've sat in so many meetings. I've sat in so many Senate inquiries. I've sat in the chamber. And when you provide a solution from the people, it, it gets voted down at the end of the day. It's not in the government's best interest to give us our rights. Who knows what might happen? We might start self-determining our own future, our own destiny. We might be able to not have our people killed in a racist system like they, they have been with no one held accountable. We might even be able to stop our children from being stolen 
so that they don't lose their language, their culture, their song, their dance, that no colonising government, whether they be Labor, Liberal or National, have ever been interested in stopping those injustices, those genocidal acts. So we just have to keep the pressure on. We are the people and the people have the power and don't underestimate the power of the people. They're the ones who put the politicians there, right? Yeah, and so it's, uh, the whole system needs to be overhauled, as I can uh, deduct from uh, your answer there. The whole system is failing the community and the people. Now... Bertrand, it's meant to. It's meant to fail us. And that's why uh, our people think, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of our people who think that this voice was good for us when it's only a very, very small gesture from the colonial power. We've got to stop taking the rations from the mission managers and we need to demand justice for our people. January 26, 2024, how will you mark this? Because this will be a landmark one after the referendum. How do you see January 24 and how will you be marking January 26, 2024, not January 24, January 26, 2024? Mm. Richard, it makes me tired even thinking about Invasion Day. That's another assault on our people, you know, like the activists and the organisers of rallies every year. We're exhausted. Even, you know, even now to even think that we've got to organise another rally to for this country to listen to us is tiring. I think we should be thinking about peace and harmony and healing. And I think out of respect, the Prime Minister should call for January 26 to be a day of reflection and healing and whatever that looks like without being disrespectful on a day that means hurt for us. Like the Prime Minister has an opportunity and a responsibility to bring peace and call for peace in this country. I think the referendum is um, has brought out the racists in this country and, and we know that they're the same ones that come out every 26th of January. So the Prime Minister needs to put an end to the war on our people so that we're not tired when when we're leading up to the 26th of January uh, and see that as a, an opportunity for this nation to reflect and heal. Yeah, to this Prime Minister's credit, uh, we had initially when the grassroots organisations and movements and local councils had started actually not uh, celebrating uh, citizenships on January 26th and uh, had already started talking about changing the date and you had pushback from the previous government and the current government, actually the Albanese government, brought in a little bit more flexibility by allowing local councils to actually do their citizenship ceremonies on different days and uh, be a little bit more flexible compared to the previous government. So there's a little bit of a uh, move in the right direction there. That's um, only taken 200 years, but, you know, we're patient people in this country. Um, and good on uh, Anthony Albanese for relaxing those rules. 
I think that is an act of good faith, absolutely. Uh, but we need to be mindful of changing the date. Um, we can't change the date when we still have the problem. The problem still exists. So we can only change the date when we fix the problem. You change the date to whatever other day, you're just moving the problem to that date. So we need to have a truth-telling journey and a conversation around treaty so that we can all come up with a peace agreement on a day that means peace. And what does peace look like? Peace looks like the end of the killings of our people and the end of the removals of our children and the end of the destruction of land and water. And it also means giving some land back. Give us our land back. You know, there's a lot of crown land around right now. Um, well, what's left uh, that the government are continue, continuing to sell off very quickly. So we need to halt those sales of crown land so that we have something back, something left for our children's children. Lydia Thorpe, thank you very much for having the time to talk to us on NITV Radio today once again. My pleasure. Thank you very much.